This is Hans Finzel. Welcome to the Leadership Answer Man. This is a show for leaders about real-world leadership solutions. Whether you're a seasoned leader or just starting out, I promise to give you practical leadership tips that you can use this week. No matter what your leadership situation is, I can help. Remember that every follower needs a healthy leader. My passion is to help leaders lead more effectively. Welcome to episode number 16, Five Secrets for Recruiting the Right People on Your Team. Leadership selection is one of the greatest jobs in leadership. Now, some of you I know are in a situation where you can't pick your team or your followers. This is especially true in several industries. It's uh, Donna, my wife, works in the uh, MLM industry, and uh, she's a distributor for Juice Plus, just loves the product, loves the people, loves the business. Uh, however, in her line of work as a national marketing director, uh, from time to time, she gets people on her team uh, that would not necessarily be the, the ones she would pick, but uh, they choose to come into the business. And that's the way those businesses work, whether you're in Mary Kay or whatever, you know, uh, in a multi-level marketing kind of situation where everybody's an independent contractor. In many ways, it's like nonprofit. And in the nonprofit world, uh, churches and ministries, it's especially true. I see this all the time. If you're a pastor, you, you go into a, a new church assignment, and you can't just fire all the elders and get rid of the whole staff. I mean, sometimes people try to bring in a brand new staff, but usually you have to play the cards you're dealt. That's especially true in ministry assignments when you become a president over a new ministry, a nonprofit, a CEO. Generally, you need to work with the board that you all of a sudden have and the leadership team you have and try to make it work. However, sooner or later, you will have a chance to recruit people, whether you're in nonprofit work or you're in a business or you're in some kind of a company or retail, you will have a chance to hire people. And uh, here's some tips on how I have recruited stars. You can choose to try to recruit the right kind of people and choose who you're going to pour your energy into. Even in the case if you're in a situation where you're not allowed or you were, you inherited a group of leaders, you can choose who you're going to pour your energy into and who you're going to neglect. And you can hope that the people you neglect will go away and the people you pour your energy into will grow and flourish. What happens if you recruit the right people? Well, things go right. Things go good. Your dreams get realized. You have success. What happens when you screw up? And hey, I can write a book on that. Uh, if I look back at my uh, hiring success, and perhaps that's why I'm so obsessed now about this advice I'm giving you in this podcast today, because I've learned through bitter experience that leadership selection is one of the greatest jobs of leadership, and you better do it carefully and don't shortcut the process. So many times people shortcut the process and they fall in love with a personality and they haven't done their homework or they ignore the homework they did and they just hire somebody on a whim because it becomes very subjective. I would just plead with you to keep the process objective as much as possible because when you screw up and you you hire the wrong people, well, then you, you're going to pay for a long time. Some of my greatest joys came from choosing the right people for my team and watching them thrive and helping them uh, as, as they helped us at every level accomplish our dreams. And some of my greatest 
pain and regrets in my career came from putting the wrong people into positions of leadership. The most painful is when you have to fire people that you've hired. And I'll tell you a little story about that uh, in just a little bit. But that, that's sad when you when you have to fire the people that you hired personally. You know, I was just reading uh, Jesus today, and uh, I'll get I'll get to this a little bit later too, but the night before he chose his 12, he prayed all night. And, you know, it, it gives the list of the people he, he went ahead and chose. And it's an interesting selection of men that he chose for his leadership team. He did not have a plan B. He poured everything into these 12. And the last person on the list is Judas. And I thought, well, okay, even he got one wrong. <laughs> he got one of the 12 wrong. But you know what? His batting average was much better than my batting average. So I want to share with you the wisdom I've learned through the years about keys to hiring stars and to hiring the right kind of people for your team that will work with you instead of turn against you. My father, bless his heart, he's been gone a long time. My father was a wonderful German man, and he spoke with a German accent his whole life. And he said, son, we get too soon old and we get too late smart. And that is so true. We get too soon old and too late smart. So here's some smarts that I've learned about how not to hire people. In fact, I have a good friend, Tom, a consultant, and a shout out to Tom Beck out there. He says, the best time to fire people is before you hire them. Great advice, great advice. One problem today is that references are rarely truthful. In fact, in this litigious climate in which we live today, uh, people can't give honest references. I, I just had this week, I got a reference request from somebody that I know, and somebody wants to hire them, and they wanted me to be a reference. It's It's problematic. And in our own HR department where I worked, uh, we had a policy if people contacted the company and asked for a reference, all we could say uh, we decided legally was, yes, they did work here in this position from this date to this date. Well, gee, that's real helpful when you're trying to figure out if you want to hire them. Uh, the other thing I've learned uh, is you really can't know 100% of what people are like until you actually go to work for them. I have been so burned with this where I, I felt I did all my homework. I remember one case I spent months agonizing over a particular position that I was trying to fill. And uh, I have to say I wasn't 100% at peace, but you know I got worn out by the months and the urgency to hire somebody. And I hired this person, and I guess I was 90% sure the person was right, but it wasn't a month before I realized I'd made a mistake. You can't know 100% of what people are really like until they start working with you. And why is that? Well, duh. People always put their best foot forward. Uh, they make themselves out to be a superwoman or the greatest thing since sliced bread. And, of course, people are going to tell you what they think you want to hear during an interview. And they're going to put on their nicest clothes and their best smile and their best foot forward. So as a result, I think it's a lot more important these days to, to spend time interviewing and checking references and looking for secondary references from your first level of references. And it's important that we ask not only for professional side questions when we check references, but also the people side. Uh, we want to ask how they measure up on a balance bar. 
Uh, because it, people's attitude is so important, their people skill. To me, a balance bar of a good person is they have great professional skills and they have great people skills. And if there was a bridge between the two, I would call it a great attitude. So on one side of the scale is great professional skills for the job that I'm looking for. On the other side is great people skills. You know, they get along well with people. They're not abrasive and abusive, but and then the fulcrum in a way is a great attitude. Great advice that I heard along the way is hire for attitude, train for skill. It's more important that they have a great attitude than it is they have all the skill set that you need. It's certainly something that I put into practice over the years. I've mentioned before uh, Jethro, the first management consultant in the Bible. He gave Moses some great advice uh, when he was. Uh, he told them that Moses needed to quit being a workaholic and controlling everything, but he needed to appoint elders. He needed to hire leaders for his leadership team. And here's what uh, Jethro told Moses in Exodus 18.21. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God trustworthy men who hate a dishonest gain. Appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. That was some great advice on how to hire effectively. So let me give you what I call my four things that I look for when I interview people to join our team. And these are the four areas that I will drill the references on. And as I look for secondary references, and as I turn over every rock I possibly can. Now, I mentioned that the title of this podcast are um, five, five secrets to recruiting the right people on your team. These are the four things that you need to look for. And the fifth secret is the not only the icing on the cake that I'm going to give you at the end, but I think the key to success throughout the entire process. So I look for four P's. First of all, personal character. Does this person possess a good reputation and a track record in his or her character? Is he or she known as a person of integrity? Do people speak well of them? What is their reputation? Is this person personally mature as a mate and as a, uh, a parent if they're married with children? You know, whenever I've hired a C-level person in my organization, I never hired a person without meeting their spouse. Now, you know, there's lots of HR rules today about what you can and can't do and what you can and can't ask, but there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, you know what, before I hire you, you know, could I meet your spouse? Could we just kind of go out? Could I buy you dinner and we just get to know each other? You know, that means a lot to me in the kind of work that I do. And so I meet the spouse. And, you know, <laughs> I want to know, uh, you know, what I really want to know is the spouse really supportive of me hiring this person? Or is this spouse going to work against it? Is, is there some big problem there? Uh, I'm not interviewing the spouse, but I do want to know where they stand in relation to this hire. You know, the person needs to have a good re reputation and not be a workaholic and have a balanced life. And, and I want to know uh, when it comes to personal character, what do they do in their free time? What are their hobbies? What are their other interests? Because I have this big thing about I don't like to hire workaholics. So personal character. Sometimes it's good to try to hang out with people you're going to hire that, that are high-level hires for you, maybe a C-level position. Uh, I will go and hang out. You can learn more about a person in an hour of play than in a year of conversation. And I want to know just what, what can I pick up about their character informally. So that's number one, personal character. Number two, professional competence. 
Does this person have the skills to get the job done? Is there an experience base of professional competence necessary to do the job? Now, in some cases, you can hire for attitude and train for skill, and you can develop the people. Here's what I've observed. The higher the position in the organization, the less chance you have to do that and the less risk you should take for doing that. If you're lev- if you're hiring a critical high-level person that's going to make or break your company, your job, your vision, your next six months to a year, you do not have the luxury to, to say, well, I like this person and we're going to help grow them up into the position. I believe in growing up people into lower-level positions but not high-level positions. So they need to have the professional competence. They need to have the proven track record. And this is where you need to really dig into the references and the former employers and the track record. You know, Jesus said, if you've been faithful in little, I won't put you in charge of much. So you need to investigate that little. Not that what they did was little in the past, but what is their track record of professional competence? If I'm going to hire a finance person, I want to know that they've done a really good job of taking care of money. I'm not going to grow them into the job. There's just too much at risk. Same is true in technology and, and branding and graphics and, and HR. So many areas, you just can't take the risk of growing people into the position. So number one was personal character. Number two was professional competence. Number three is people chemistry. This is huge. And this is where we come into this hire for attitude and train for skills. Is this person comfortable to be around? Is relating to him or her awkward or easy? This person must be a proven team player and get along well with people. This person will need to get along well with my leadership team and with me personally and with his or her direct reports. And, you know, this is uh, what I find. People chemistry can only be determined through an extensive interview process and a lot of FaceTime. You know, I like to take people to coffee shops, to take them out to lunch, to hang out with them, uh, to get a feel for what they're like. And and I want to know, you know, what is the chemistry like? If they're working directly with me, sometimes I hire people that are, sometimes I'm involved in a hiring process where they may not report directly to me, so the personal chemistry is not as critical. But I want to know, you know, how do I feel being around them? You know what I'm saying? This is this personal chemistry thing that's really important. I I like to envision, uh, how do I see them? I remember uh, two years ago, I was hiring a critical position and it was down to two final candidates. And I remember sitting in a couple of meetings and I just started visualizing these two different people being at the table and what it would be like. And I was trying to visualize the chemistry. And I just put one of those persons in that seat and just sat there and pretended they were in the meeting, they were interacting, because I knew both of the people. And then I put the other person in the seat and just pretended they were in that meeting and they were interacting. And, you know, I just, it became so clear to me which one was the right candidate. Based on this silly little exercise of pretending they were in one of our high-level meetings. Personal chemistry. Number four, so important, perception of culture. Is this person a good match for our corporate culture, for our corporate values? Every organization, every church, every ministry, every business, every company has a very unique 
culture. You know, my son Mark works in a family business, a great company, Learning RX, and I've been down there a few times and done a little consulting with them, and, and I just love the culture, but I notice it's a family business culture, very unique. Uh, I have another son who works for a huge company. I won't mention the name of the company, but it's a big, big company in Chicago, and, and it's a, he was telling me the other day it's a workaholic culture. Uh, people there work way many more hours than is expected of them. And the way you prove that you're really committed there is you're a workaholic. You work 70 hours, 80 hours a week. So is this person a good match for our corporate culture and our values? You know, you share the values. You dig about their values. And you have you have to figure out, does she get us as an organization? Does he really get who we are and what we bleed and what we stand for? I remember my daughter who went to work for Starbucks when she was in high school. And I was so impressed with her orientation into Starbucks. You know what it was? It was an enculturation process. And she showed me her little notebook that they had at that time that they used to indoctrinate every new barista into Starbucks. And I just thought, wow, this is so cool. Because as I looked through it, so much of it was not about skill. It was about cultural values, what we stand for. You know, for example, you will smile. You will learn people's names. You will be happy. You will be the happiest experience that this customer had all day long in interacting with people. Uh, it was just fascinating. Is the person passionate about what we are passionate about? You know, don't hire somebody if they don't bleed or are not willing to be begin to bleed what you bleed for, what you're passionate about. Has the person's experience in the past given him or her an opportunity to work in an environment similar to ours? A person that you hire, especially into high-level leadership, should display a genuine enthusiasm and support for your vision, mission, and values. So those are the four P's that I look for when I hire people. Personal character, professional competence, people chemistry, and perception of culture. Now, how do you find out those things? And I've already mentioned you have to check references. You have to try to get to former employees. You have to try to ask references for more references. And you have to interview people extensively and bring them in. And what I what I practice was group interviewing, not just me, but I would actually expose candidates to uh, the organization and let other people meet these people. Because sometimes I might myself draw a faulty perception, and so I would let other leaders in the organization interview these people in a very open journey and say, I'm thinking about hiring this person to join the leadership team. What do you think? Thumbs up, thumbs down. It actually improves the leadership hiring process. Well, I promised you a fifth P, the fifth key in the five uh, secrets for recruiting the right people to your team. And the fifth P is uh, for those of you who work in ministry and nonprofit and are God followers, and that's prayer. Jesus prayed all night before he chose his 12. And I'd just like to read that little passage from uh, Luke chapter 6, verses 12 and 13. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray, and he spent the night praying to God. Now, it doesn't mention anything about what he prayed about, 
But uh, have you ever tried to pray all night? Uh, I Once or twice in my life, I've been to all-night prayer meetings, and, and I have confessed they were tough to try to focus and to stay engaged and to stay awake. Hey, you remember the night that Jesus was betrayed? Uh, his disciples fell asleep, even though he asked them to stay up and stay awake and stay praying. But he spent the night praying. When morning came, he called his disciples to him, and he chose 12 of them who he designated as apostles. So what was he doing all night? He was agonizing over, are these the right people? And so in the selection of leadership and hiring people, if you're in ministry, if you're in church ministry, pray about it. Pray about it at the beginning. Pray about it in the middle. Pray about it at the end. Pray about it together as a leadership team. Prayer is so important as the fifth key to successful selection of leadership. Now, I mentioned that uh, Jesus prayed and then he selected, and it's a whole nother topic of why did he select these 12? I'll get to that some other podcasts, but did he get it right? Well, the last name on the list is Judas, and uh, I would think, wow, he didn't get them all right, and he was perfect, so <laughs> don't feel bad if, if you don't get it right. Are there times that God allows you to hire the wrong people? fascinating question. And I would say absolutely yes, because he has lessons that I need to learn. He has character he needs to develop in you. And this was a huge learning for me in the last position that I held is uh, I hired some people. And I remember one, one person that we hired, this was about eight years ago. And I did this process where it was a high level, a C-level hire, and me and, and all my other key leaders, together we interviewed a number of people. We settled on this one person, and we as a group who didn't always agree on things were absolutely convinced beyond the shadow of a doubt that this person was God's choice for this position. It was such a painful thing because a number of years later, I had to fire that person. It became a disaster. And I had to admit that I was wrong. But was I wrong or did that person teach us things we needed to know? And yes, that person made some good contributions to the organization. But what I learned through that is we don't always hire the wrong people. And sometimes we have lessons to learn through the people that we hire that are really not the right fit. You know, I wonder if Jesus felt that way about Judas. I, I have no idea. Uh, but uh, he hired him even though he knew he was a bad apple. He must have known because he was omniscient and he was perfect. But there was a reason and a purpose for having uh, Judas on the team. Sometimes we don't have a perfect track record. But again, I would suggest that these five keys will help you make great choices. Personal character, professional competence, people chemistry, perception of culture, and don't forget to pray about it. The quote of the show that I'd like to leave you with is, hire for attitude, train for skill. And remember, always take your leadership to the next level. This has been Hans Finzel. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Answer Man. Remember that leaders make great things happen. Please send me your leadership questions that I can answer on a future podcast. And I would love to have you sign up for my email updates at leadershipanswerman.com. Remember that every follower needs a healthy leader. Keep listening and learning and go out there and make a difference with your leadership.